Well, I was tempted to preach on that amazing gospel, and in many ways I wish I had, but I knew might afterwards. But now I've chosen to do something rather different this morning. I very seldom preach on the collect or prayer for a Sunday, preferring to concentrate the limited amount of time you get these days for preaching on the gospel as a first priority. But today, when the readings are from the sixth Sunday after Trinity in the Book of Common Prayer, I can't resist some words which actually are gospel words of good news in one of my very favorite collects from the prayer book. How does it go? Oh God, you've prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we loving you above all things may obtain your promises which exceed everything that we could ever desire. Well, at first sight, you might be thinking, I'm going to quibble over words as clergy and not least theologians are wont to do. So let me explain. This collect is in fact an ancient medieval prayer which Cranmer, when writing his two prayer books of 1549 and 1552, lifted straight from the pages of the medieval Roman Missal. But he changed, or rather he omitted, two words from that original prayer, which in practice make in fact a world of difference to what we might mean by much that, that much overused and misunderstood word, spirituality. But I'm going to be very practical today. Because you see, when push comes to shove, Christianity is not a very, very spiritual religion. Archbishop William Temple said in words which should make you prick up your ears this morning, he said, Christianity is of all religions the most materialistic. In a word, what was he saying? I'll tell you. He was simply saying, matter matters, and you'd better know so. So what were the two words which Cranmer left out? I'm sure you're beginning to ask that. Well, I'll tell you. In the medieval collect, we're asked to love God above all things and in all things. But old Cranmer, and he was a bit of a Protestant, and he might have been a bit of a Puritan, except he kept his illegal wife boxed up at Lambeth Palace so that the king didn't see. Nevertheless, he omits in all things and simply says that we must love God above all things. Whatever happened to all the things in your life and mine that really matter if God isn't in them? Well, of course, the word became flesh, St. John says, kaiho logos sarx agenito. It's the most startling phrase in the whole of the Bible. How can the holy other God for a Jew at least, certainly, ever have anything to do with what we understand by that word sarx, in which we wrongly translate as flesh, thinking it's all to do with sex. It's nothing to do with sex at all. Well, it's everything to do with sex, actually, but so many other things. The word sarx, culture, the culture of our world, everything that matters to us. God, the word, became flesh and dwelt in our midst. 
in the midst of it all, in the muck of it all, in the mess of it all, and in the mystery of it all. And so therefore, it's led us to ignore the fact that God is in his creation as well as beyond it. We're not pantheists, we're panentheists. We believe God is in his creation, in everything in his creation, in everybody, in every animal, in every tree, in every atom. He's charged with his glory. But of course, he's so much more than that as well. So we're panentheists. George Herbert, that beloved Anglican poet, gets it right where Cranmer got it wrong. He says, teach me my God and King in all things thee to see and what I do in anything to do it as for thee. So sadly, I think Christianity in this country is, I think, smeared with a kind of dualism, a schizophrenia, which has led to a wrong use of money and a wrong use of the environment. A schizoid mentality, flesh versus spirit, the material world undervalued and therefore exploited. Yes, Christianity has become churchianity, something for Sundays only, not to invade the rest of the week. So therefore, it's a kind of bogus spiritual and religious outlook on life so that what we do on Monday to Friday in our working life or between nine o'clock at night and between nine o'clock in the morning in what we like to call our private life becomes unrelated to and unchallenged by the gospel of Sunday morning and not infused by the claims of the Spirit. So again, George Herbert gets it right. Seven whole days, not one in seven, I will praise thee. In my heart, though not in heaven, I will raise thee. St. Benedict got it right, and there's a great deal of Benedictine spirituality in Anglicanism, by the way, but I haven't got time to develop that. What does he say? He says, laborare est orare, orare est laborare. To work is to pray, to pray is to work. In a life which has become together around Christ and in Christ, yes, to work is to pray, to praise, to work, or if you don't like that, what about old brother Lawrence, you remember with the pots and pans in the kitchen? He found God in the pots and pans in the kitchen and in the garden, as well as in the sanctuary of the church. Which brings me now to the climax and my final few words on the application of this omission by poor old Thomas Cranmer and the way it's distorted our outlook, especially in the Western world, on those two matters I mentioned a moment ago, money, and the environment. Money. Old St. Paul, you know, he was a good Jew, and I think he was a good businessman. He was a tent maker. He knew what he was doing. He didn't say, money is the root of all evil. It's the most misquoted phrase from the New Testament. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, we were created to love people and use things, but we've ended up using and abusing people and loving things. Money has become an end in itself rather than a means to a greater end beyond itself. And secondly, the environment. I think old Isaiah got a shock that day when he went into the temple as recorded in chapter six. 
You know, he went into the temple thinking he would find God there in the holy. And he hears the voices saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Oh, yes, we've heard all that. That's religion, isn't it? That's what we go to church for. Oh, how did it go on? Heaven and earth are full of thy glory, as we shall be singing or saying today at the heart of the Eucharist. Yes, heaven and earth are full of God's glory. Or as that wonderful Jesuit poet says, Gerard Manley Hopkins, the world, he says, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining shook foil. So a proper vision for creation includes God. Yes, God is all in all, as St. Paul says, giving us a proper reverence for the body, a proper reverence for matter, a proper reverence for the animal creation, a proper reverence for the whole created world, yes, a proper reverence for art, music, poetry, architecture is full of God. We've smudged it, as Gerard Manley Hopkins says, by our misuse of it. But the image of God is written right across you, right across me, for those with eyes to see. If we only we could recapture that vision or in all this business about the instead of creating a new legalism with health and safety and all that nonsense. Yes, we would get to the heart of the matter. We would recover a glorious vision of creation and then we wouldn't abuse it or exploit it, but we would reverence it and enjoy it as having a sacramental value, a value way beyond all appearances. And of course, that's what we're going to be doing now. We're going to be taking bread and wine. Notice wine, good old alcoholic, intoxicating wine. None of this cherry juice business, please. And we're going to say to God, thank you for this. You created this. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. And in doing that, we will transform it and we will begin to see it as something utterly holy and beautiful. But then when we leave this place, we must not only do that in church with bread and wine. Every time we sit down for a damn good meal, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, through your goodness where I have this meal to offer. Every time we make love, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, you've given us glorious bodies to express your glory. Every time we handle money, every time we embrace any other person, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. And then I begin to see something of the glory of God, unlike dear old Thomas Cranmer, though I'm sure he did. In all things, as well as above all things. And I shall find, like Isaiah, that indeed heaven and earth are full of God's glory. So teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see, and what I do in anything to do it as for thee. This is the famous stone that turns everything to gold, for that which God doth touch and own cannot for less be told. Amen.